Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast is part of the MedEd Media Network at mededmedia.com. This is the MCAT Podcast, session number 21. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. All right, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. Last week, we played a special podcast, the first in the Specialty Stories series of podcasts. It's going to be a brand new podcast. If you haven't subscribed to that yet, go check it out over at mededmedia.com. Again, that's M-E-D-E-D-Media.com. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's MCAT podcast episode. So Brian, last week we talked about stress management and we talked a lot about test day and how to kind of reduce stress on test day by knowing what is going to happen. So let's talk exactly about what to expect on test day and maybe some tips leading up to test day on how to best maximize our test day experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan, it, it, it's, it seems so silly, but literally just knowing the basic mechanics of what to expect, what, what exactly am I going to be asked to do and how does it all work can help really smooth out the whole process for you. So leading up to test day, the first and most important thing is to go actually visit your testing location, right? When you register for the MCAT, they're going to tell you, oh, you're going to this, you know, Prometric Testing Center at 123 Main Street in Suite 507. Um, and so many students will neglect the advice to go visit the location, but you absolutely have to. I, I, I almost got burned by this the first time I was taking it at the test at a new location um, when I didn't realize because I was going on the weekend, the front door had this big sliding glass door to a big fancy office building. It wasn't open, and I couldn't find a door to get into the building. So here I am, the supposed MCAT professional, having a total panic attack. Like, I can't even get into the building because I didn't know what the – you know where the side door was because I hadn't gone to visit the location ahead of time. So definitely before test day, go scope it out. Know exactly where you're going, where you where you're going to park, how you're going to get there, and everything. I want to add a, a quick little caveat to that. To to be able to go to that test site that's close to you, you need to register early enough so that there are open seats available at the test site near you that you can go and check it out. So that's a, a caveat there. Yeah, always register as soon as you possibly can. I get students all the time telling me, well, I'm not sure yet. Maybe I'll do May. Maybe I'll be do June. Uh, and I always put my foot down. I'm not going to tutor you unless you pick a test date. <laughs> so like, w- let's pick May, and if we have to push it back to June, we can. But you have to register right away so you get a good seat. Yeah. So then what do you do, right? You get to the location. Um, Now, typically, these are going to be, you know, 
uh, computer testing facilities not specific to the MCAT. So something like a company like Prometric, where it's just a big office suite full of cubicles with computers, students taking all different kinds of tests. Okay, So you're going to get there. You're going to open the door. There's going to be a waiting room with a front desk. Now, I've, I've been to about eight or nine different of these testing locations and they're like McDonald's. They all, they're all exactly the same. They all follow exactly the same floor plan. They're laid out the same way. So there'll be some lockers along the wall. There'll be a place to hang up your coat. You go up and you bring your ID, right? Um, you'll get a million notifications from the AMC telling you to make sure that the name as it appears on the ID is exactly the same as the name you use to register for the MCAT, including middle name or middle initial or whatever it is. Um, and they are 100% not kidding, right? Make sure that that happens. I've had students of my own get rejected because the middle name didn't match or they, they registered for the MCAT with a middle name, but their driver's license didn't have one. So they're not kidding about that. So you go up, you show them your ID. They'll just check in the computer to make sure that you're actually, um, you are where you're supposed to be. And then they'll give you a little one-page laminated sheet with test instructions that'll say things like, um, don't try to steal the computer or whatever. <laughs> like, it, it's a whole bunch of silly instructions. You, you know, you can read it or not. There's really nothing surprising there. You know, don't don't bring a gun into the testing room with you. Stuff like that. Um, so you give them back the laminated sheet, uh, and then they will give you a locker key. So they have these little cubby lockers, and you're going to be expected to put everything in the locker. Um, now, about the cell phone, you can put your lock your cell phone in the locker. As long as you turn it off, okay, it doesn't go on silent, it doesn't go on vibrate, it goes powered down. But generally, you want to leave the cell phone either at home or in the car. Don't even bring it into the room with you. Because if it starts ringing in the middle of the test, they're going to come get you and make you shut it off. And you're not going to get that time back. So just, just leave the cell phone in the car. Better to not have to deal with this, that situation. Um, so your lunch goes in the locker. Anything you know personal that you brought with you goes into the locker. Um, and then you just sit there in the waiting room holding on to your locker key and your ID. Those are the only two things you're allowed to carry around with you all day. So you've got your driver's license and your locker key. And when you sit in the waiting room, there's literally nothing that you can do, right? You can't study for the MCAT, certainly. You can't even have any prep materials in the building with you. Um, you can chit-chat with other students there, or you can read like a 15-year-old copy of Us Weekly magazine. I mean, whatever. Although I've never actually seen them have reading material. You know, you're just like, oh, look, Britney Spears shaved her head 16 <laughs> years ago, right? <laughs> the finest that People Magazine has to offer. Um, so you just sit around and you wait. And typically, you're going to be kept waiting somewhere between 15 and 25 minutes, depending on the location. Um, if you get there early or it's a smaller testing center that's having a slow day that day, they might let you in after five or 10 minutes. Um, but expect to deal with just a little bit of boredom right at the beginning. Um, in fact, with my own tutoring students, I even tell them when you're taking a practice test, you know, go to a library, set up your laptop, get all settled, and then just sit in the chair and stare at the wall for 15 minutes because it's boring. And because it's boring, it's a little stressful. So that's part of the experience, right? Be ready to be bored a little bit. Then they'll call your name, all right? And they'll bring you into another little side room in between the waiting room and the testing room. In the little side room, there's going to be two or three little chairs that are like, like the on-deck circle for, for baseball fans out there, right? You're just kind of waiting. And that's where they do the security check. So the security check is going to be that first they'll have you stand there and they'll wave a metal detector wand over you to make sure you're not, I don't know, sneaking in contraband or something. 
Um, if you're wearing any pants or shorts with pockets, they'll ask you to turn the pockets inside out. Um, if you're wearing long pants, they'll ask you to lift the pants up above your ankles. Um, if you have uh, any you know, shirt pockets, they'll ask you to sweep your finger through the pocket to make sure there's nothing there. Um, and you can't have any head coverings unless they are um, like religious head coverings. So if you're wearing a yarmulke or a hijab or something, that's fine. But you can't wear a baseball cap in, into the testing facility. Then they have this little fingerprint scanny thing where they will check you in. Um, and this is not some super fancy iPhone 7 recognize your fingerprint in two seconds. They're using tech from the early 90s. So every time I've ever gone, it's like, okay, pick up your, uh, uh, pick up your finger, put it down again. Okay, pick up your finger, put it down again. Like they just for whatever reason, it takes them forever to get a proper fingerprint scan from you. So they'll do that. They'll scan your fingerprint and take your picture. And then they'll have, they have these big three-ring binders, and they'll ask you to sign your name in the time that you're starting. Then they'll open up the door to the testing facility, to the, where the actual cubbies with the computers are, and ask you to stand by the door. And then the person, the, the proctor, will go to your cubby or your cubicle. Okay? You don't get to pick which computer they use. They give you one. They'll take you to your cubicle and then wave you over. You'll come over and sit down, and you'll see the testing screen in front of you, and it'll say, welcome to the MCAT. Uh, for me, it would say, Brian Schnedeker. If this is your name, click yes or whatever. So you confirm that you're supposed to be there. And then you begin the tutorial for how to take the exam. The tutorial is exactly the same as the tutorial that's given in the AMC practice tests. So there's no surprise there. Um, the temptation is to just kind of skip over the tutorial because you're like, I know how to work a mouse, right? Like it's the tutorial is like written for grandma. Like here's how you click on things. So it's not like you need it. But you should always take advantage of the tutorial just to kind of get settled in. You know, like just settle your butt into the seat. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm real tall. I'm 6'4", so the monitor is always too low for me. So I always have to tilt the monitor back so that it's at a good height. Um, you're not going to use the keyboard for literally anything throughout the entire test. You only use the mouse. So you can pick the keyboard up and, and put it to the side. Or I like to prop it up uh, underneath the monitor so that the keyboard's not in the way. Um, you can get used to the mouse. Just get yourself settled in during the tutorial. And then you actually begin the test itself. And while you're taking the test, of course, um, it will be just like you know, the, the next step or AMC practice tests. Okay? It will um, look and feel and smell and taste just like your practice exam. So no surprises there. And then you get to the break. And that's the other big thing to be aware of about the test day experience is how to use the breaks. And first, use them. Right? Don't, don't just go, oh, well, I'm, I'm totally amped up because I've got like test day jitters and so I feel real nervous. So I'm just going to go plow right into the next section. Bad idea. Use the break. Take advantage of it. So how do you use the break? Well, first, you, you're going to have to go through the checkout process. So you go back out into the little security room. They're going to rescan your fingerprint. You're going to sign your name of when you left. You get 10 minutes for the first break, 30 minutes for the second break. And then 10 minutes again for the last break. So it's a break between each section. The middle one is like a lunch break for 30 minutes. But really, it's, the breaks are more like five minutes and 25 minutes because you have to account for a few minutes to check in and check out. Because if there are other people taking a break the same time as you, then you might have to wait for a couple of minutes to do the fingerprint scan and the sign in and out and all that. 
So the big thing during the break is, you, number one, you have to move your body. Just physically get up and move around, right? You got to get that venous blood return from your, from your legs back up to your heart, right? Your, your brain is an organ like any other organ in the body, and it needs blood to function correctly. So get that blood moving. Get, get, uh, I usually say go out in the hallway and do a couple of jumping jacks or pace up and down the hall a few times. But just move your body around a little bit to kind of freshen up your brain. Um, second is you got to get a drink of water and maybe a mouthful of food. And during the lunch break, you might need to, you know, eat like a, a, a quick PB and J sandwich or whatever you've brought with you. I'm a huge fan of granola bars. So I always just, you know, rock the nature Valley granola bars during the breaks, but get a mouthful of food, get a mouthful of water. And then if you need to, of course, use the restroom, I usually recommend you go into the restroom. And even if you don't need to go to the bathroom, splash some water in your face in the sink, in the bathroom, um, just again, to kind of freshen yourself up and reset your brain to get ready for the exam. So all those little mechanics of what the test day experience is like, when you actually get there and experience them for yourself, nothing will surprise you. So as they say, forewarned is forearmed, you'll, you, you'll have a, a better test day experience by knowing all those mechanics that I just laid out for you there. Nice. And I think we, we as humans have amazing abilities to, to make things up in our head. So knowing the mechanics behind it all, knowing what's going to happen helps alleviate those stresses of, of building something up bigger than it really is. So that, that definitely helps. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important, but it's also so mundane. You know, it really is just from the perspective of the people working there, this is just a job they do every day. So if you can kind of get in with that mundanity, you know, just, okay, here it is. It's just another thing that happens today. Um, yeah, it's, it's much more manageable of an experience. I think you, you mentioned it briefly for a second, and I, I want to reiterate the fact that not everyone there is taking the MCAT. So if you get there and you're talking to somebody and they mention a test other than the MCAT, don't freak out and think you're in the wrong place. Yeah, there's going to be nursing students and like accountants and uh, pharmacy students. I mean, all, all sorts of different tests are going on at the same time. All right, so there you have it. What to expect on your MCAT test day. It's a stressful day, and so knowing ahead of time what to expect will help ease your anxiety and hopefully reduce your stress to make the test day as good as it can be. It's not a great test day. It's long, a lot longer than when I took it, though the boards are long eight-hour tests, so it kind of prepares you for that. But knowing what to get yourself into, what you're getting yourself into, rather, is important. So I hope you learned something about your MCAT test day coming up, and hopefully you'll be able to ace it. All right, go check out nextstepmcat.com, where they have their new MCAT class, amazing class that rivals anything from the big box test prep companies like Kaplan or Princeton Review. It's cheaper and has more material. And I'm going to be diving in and doing a huge review soon and posting that. So keep an eye out for that. But if you're in the market for MCAT materials and a, a way to study and you're looking at in-person classes or online classes or, or do it yourself, do yourself a favor and go check out nextsteptestprep.com or nextstepmcat.com. 
and see what their new class is all about. It's online. It's a a do-it-yourself kind of pace, but they have live office hours, which is huge. And the office hours are done by the people that created the course and not just random students that are hired whenever, whenever they're available. So go check it out and use the code MCAT, that's M-C-A-T, P-O-D, MCAT pod, all capital letters, to save yourself some money when you sign up. And if you're not signing up for the course and you're looking at their one-on-one tutoring or their 10-pack of MCAT full-length tests or books or whatever you're looking for, use that code MCATPOD. It'll save you some money on a little bit of everything. All right. I hope you learned something today useful. And to do us a big favor, I would love for you to share this podcast with your pre-med advisor. The MCAT obviously is a huge stressor for pre-med students And if the pre-med advisor at your school had this resource to give to students, wouldn't that be awesome? I know you're thinking to yourself, but but if everybody has this information, then they're all going to be just as prepared as I am, and that's not going to be good. Remember, we preach at the medical school headquarters collaboration, not competition. So don't worry about that. You're competing against yourself. Share this resource with everybody out there. It'll come back to you in spades. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next week here at the MCAT Podcast. 